of the existence of, uh, you know, some of the more exotic ferments that weren't familiar to me. In the case of Mabi, a, a woman from Puerto Rico actually sent me the bark uh, of the Mabi tree that I needed in order to make this fermented beverage. Well, what is it? Mabi is a, a beverage that's enjoyed on many of the Caribbean islands. It's the name of a tree also, and it's a, it's a decoction of the bark of the tree uh, along with some other spices that is briefly uh, fermented in order to carbonate it, and it's incredibly delicious. If you enjoy bitter flavors, it's like this you know, bittersweet soda, basically. Well, aside from so many fermented foods tasting delicious, these days there's a lot of focus on the health benefits of eating fermented foods, what makes them healthier? Well, uh, you know, the, the process of fermentation transforms foods nutritionally in a number of distinctive ways. Um, you know, number one, I would call pre-digestion. And it's, this is the idea that the nutrients in the food are actually digested in some way before we eat them. So the reason why soybeans became so uh, popular among the vegetarian subcultures in the West is that they are considered to be the plant source food with the most concentrated protein. But you never hear about people sitting down for dinner and eating a bowl of soybeans, mostly because it's impossible for us to effectively digest them. And so the Asian cultures that pioneered soy agriculture all developed different ways of fermenting the soybeans, which effectively digest the proteins into amino acids, the building blocks of proteins, before we eat them. Minerals in fermented foods generally become much more bioavailable as well. Don't you wonder, going way back in human history, I mean, who figured that out and how? Well, I mean, this is the extraordinary thing about fermentation. I mean, you know, without the without the benefit of, you know, microscopes and the, the, the tools that, that, that we've been able to use to sort of, you know, really understand the process, how did people figure this out? And really, we we don't know the origins of, of any fermented foods. These practices have been part of cultures all around the world for longer than the written word. So, you know, we find in the oldest surviving documents in many different written traditions reference to ferments that exist in those parts of the world, but as to, you know, how, how people sort of observe the ways in which they transformed foods to their benefit, that is largely speculative territory. Hmm. You were saying before that, that there's such an enormous variety of fermented foods. If you look around the world, what are some of the, those that would seem strangest or oddest to Western consumers? First of all, let me just contextualize this and point out that fermentation creates strong flavors. If you walk into a gourmet food store anywhere and look around and think about the nature of the foods that we are celebrating, that we're putting up on this pedestal, you know, they're almost all products of fermentation. For instance, in the realm of cheese, you know, I have, I have come to love like stinky, stinky cheese that I could, you know, smell from 50 feet away. But I've learned that like, you know, when I get a piece of cheese like that and invite some friends over over to share it with me, not everybody loves it. You know, some people will open the door and they'll say, did something die in here? And they would never for a minute think about putting that into their mouths. So looking around the world, I mean, you know, in far northern places, the fermentation of fish is a, is a survival practice. Um, you know, in the Arctic Circle, fish are mounded or buried in pits um, in the summertime when, when waterways are accessible. And then that's what people survive on in the wintertime. Um, or wow, at least so they did that. So they, they bury this fish in big pits, and then in the winter they come back and dig it up again? Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, it's a survival practice. People who grow up around it, like, learn to love it. And, you know, generally people who've never encountered it before, you know, just find it a very scary idea. They find the, the flavors and aromas of it um, to be, you know, really challenging. So one of the things we wanted to do in this hour was think a bit about fermentation as a metaphor. And I'm assuming this must be something you've thought about. I mean, do you wind up seeing principles of fermentation at work in other areas of our life besides food and cooking? Well, sure. And I mean, and the word itself, like I circle it whenever I see it in a magazine or a newspaper, you know, cultural ferment, political ferment, intellectual ferment, social ferment. The word fermentation derives from the Latin word fervere, which means to boil. To me, the metaphorical notions of fermentation, you know, it has to do with the bubbles, a, a period of cultural ferment or social ferment. You know, that's people being excited. That's people literally being bubbly. There are ideas that they want to share with other people. And so, you know, they want to talk about them. They become irrepressible. That's the bubbly.